information that helped law enforcement agencies monitor and target activists of color. Um, so, and this this also talks about um, later on later on in the article about how they use like facial recognition through Instagram and stuff to like uh, to like arrest people from the crowd. Um, so this is like super problematic and the ACLU is launching a case against it. And, um, in this article, it also points out that Twitter is no longer suspend or like giving Geophedia access to Twitter data. So, um, what do you think about this page? Uh, well, I thought one of my favorite like little quotes from mm-hmm. the articles at the end, it says an entire economy of mass surveillance tools which is the fact that people are making money mm-hmm. off watching other people for the government or government agencies. Yeah. I think it's really interesting also because like they're targeting it's they're not targeting white supremacist groups like they're not targeting like yeah. these things but they're targeting black people and black activists. Um like targeting yeah. literally very Yeah. And actually <laughs> in a very I legal way. Yeah, and like um the Kinfolk Collective, which was like a, which is, it got like, they made a new page, but it was like a black group Facebook page. Um, and they posted a bunch of like Black Lives Matter stuff because that's relevant, like black content, like black user content. Um, and uh, they got shut down because people were like complaining about it and they got taken off Facebook and suspended. Um, yet there's all these like white power groups that that's never happened to. There's all these people who like send women death threats through Facebook Messenger and Facebook just goes, sorry, just block the person. Like, yeah. Or I mean, Facebook has never been particularly good about this kind of stuff. Yeah. They take down photos of women breastfeeding children, mm-hmm. not pornography. Yeah. Like <clears throat> there has always been a double standard there. Yeah. And it just becomes that much worse when there's aggression police aggression on the other side of it yeah and like they just like i i just like i mean like honestly i can't believe it but it's (laughs) it sucks that they're specifically targeting black users and people who are um activists for the black lives matter movement um i don't know how true this is but someone i know um told me that they uh requested like a freedom of information act thing on themselves and they got back um like a file and had like all their like social media posts about black lives matter like compiled in this like foia request on on themselves and um i don't know how how true that is i don't know like if that was something they actually did or if something because i only know this person through social media really but that's Um, just like how ready are they to do this yeah um and like so it it says that the bottom that there's other location-based social media information sources that will like provide people with um where you are and uh they can use keywords and hashtags or even emojis to find where you are um so there's data miner media sonar x1 social discovery and dunami um so they have like real-time geolocation features and like uh in this article they point out how um they used geophedia uh at, in Baltimore during the Freddie uh Freddie Gray riots, right? Um to um arrest a bunch of people who were protesting. 
And the Baltimore Police Department claimed it was like a stroke of luck that they had just caught all these people at once, but they were using Geophedia's um, resources. So, I mean, that's just like... Uh, like one of the big things is that like we are given these terms of use agreements at the beginning of whenever we sign up for a social media account and like who's going to read like 50 pages of legalese and like buried within that is like you're giving them access to whatever like facebook for sure facebook uh i know for sure if you have it on up on your phone the app it accesses your microphone and um yeah and yeah and that's how they give you like certain like ads that are catered to you uh for instance one time uh i was on my facebook app at work and this girl at work was like talking about how she wanted like some cream white sharpie marker or something like that for her grad cap and i was like oh, i have no idea and she kept saying it over and over and then like i went on my facebook on the computer and like there was an ad for that exact product that she was looking for Suspicious. on my yeah on my facebook so like um we're all giving these social media websites permission to just give away all of our data yeah mm. yeah and it it's like everyone always talks about like, are we giving away our privacy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And now there are people who are literally selling your privacy yeah. to the police. And I bet other groups can easily go through Geophedia to get more oh, information yeah, on people. Oh, yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to be the government. Yeah, and that's what's terrifying. And I remember even, like, that that app Waze. Do you know that app? It's, like, an app that, like, you can have on your phone that's, like, a GPS, but it also will tell you, like, where the cheapest gas is and also where speed traps are. Oh, oh, and it gives you, like, directions and funny Mm -hmm. voices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I remember the cops were mad because Waze was able to, like, tell people where they were. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, people are going to come after the cops and, like, attack them. No, it's. But, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to not go 10 miles per hour over when yeah, I'm driving past I you. I know. And, like, they're doing the exact same thing and just Who using, has the right to know? Yeah, and using this to target black citizens who are protesting. And, like, why did Twitter, like, not know that, like, Geophedia was giving... <laughs> like information to cops or like is twitter policy like now suspending it that they got found out or did they know all along um were like they complicit in all of this yeah especially because uh the article says that facebook and especially twitter have built their brands on the backs of black users and asking activists to use the platform yeah so is that like a huge betra- betrayal of trust yeah and it's also i don't know Like, social media just has the worst record of policing um, uh, marginalized voices. Yeah, but at the same time, it's the scene where we're having revolution right now. Oh, yeah. It's on social media, and it's a very big tension that has to be thought through. They, like, are—I remember Twitter, there's this big thing when when, uh, Azalea Banks uh, posted a lot of, like— Islamophobic stuff towards mm-hmm. that guy from One Direction. Zane, not no longer One Direction. Oh, okay. Any Zane fans right. out there? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and he... And uh, she got banned from, from Twitter, but... I all know these, she's back because yeah, there's she's, just the whole Russell Crowe thing. Oh yeah, she's back, but she got banned from Twitter temporarily. But all these white people can say all this like white supremacist stuff and get away with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and they come up with like these special codes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They like Skittles and stuff. Yeah. I saw that on Reddit. Um, but yeah, so the real question is like, how complicit are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in? providing cops with information to target black people um, while they're protesting. And are they doing this to white supremacists? Probably not. Well, (laughs) complicity, complicit is always a really hard word because as soon as you know something's happening and you Mm -hmm. decide not to stop it, you are complicit in that action. Yeah. And as a CEO of a company, you have a responsibility to know if you are complicit or something or not. Definitely. So it's just... There's no way to say that they weren't complicit. Yeah. And we're all becoming so dependent on these social media technologies to to organize ourselves Mm -hmm. um, or just to, like, be relevant or be a human. Honestly, like talk to other people. Yeah. Um, But they're like capitalizing on our need for social interaction and our like desire to um, organize quickly. And. They're just selling it to all these like information companies. Like I don't know how I feel about it. Like every day I want to go and delete my Facebook pretty much. But, but at I the can't. same time, yeah, it's like how much of my life would I lose yeah. if I didn't have Facebook? Yeah, I can't. I can't delete it because I. That's run... how we organize Dame Theory. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we organize Dame Theory. Like Valley Crop Mob, which is like uh like a volunteer organization that I do stuff for. Like that's how we organize everything. Like how I organize group projects, everything. Common movements take place where the common people are. Yeah. Which happens to be the internet. Yep. At this point in time. (laughs) Um, Using platforms like Facebook specifically. Because there are places on the internet. No, there's no such thing as a place on the internet that's free of commercialism. You have to buy web domains. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. Um, I think we're going to go do some PSAs really quick. And go to the next article, which is um, White Fear and Fragility Will Be the Death of Us All by Leslie Scanlon Scanlon? on the Presbyterian Outlook. Um, We'll be back in a minute or so. All right, we're back with Dame Theory. Sorry our mics were on. I totally just spaced out. And I'm not trained, so I'm not allowed to touch the buttons. Oh, (laughs) Better get trained. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is Dame Theory. If you're looking for any of the articles that we're talking about, um, you can find them on Facebook.com backslash Dame Theory. Um, and the article we are talking up about next is White Fear and Fragility Will Be the Death of Us All by Leslie Scantlin on the Presbyterian Outlook. Um, now, I'm not religious or anything at all. Um but this article is really interesting. Um, it talks about uh, Anthea Butler, who is a university professor and a person of color, um, who uh, had to talk, who like did not want to go and talk to a bunch of white people about race. Um, but as an academic, summoned to a conference. Yeah, it's her job. Yeah. 
Um, and so I guess this can be kind of controversial, but it definitely makes sense to me. Um, she basically talks about how, um, people, um, don't care anymore and how talking to white people about race is very tiring and emotionally exhausting. Um, especially for people who have to suffer at the hands of racism yeah mm -hmm. they've already dealt with this every day of their lives yeah. and then to have to go talk to someone about it who doesn't even believe them in the first place yeah a quote from the article is um the last thing i really want to do is talk about race butler said october 12th to about 400 people at the disgrace conference on racism and injustice don't take that wrong but i'm tired i'm tired i can't tell you how tired i am because i've been fighting for this for a long time and when you've been in a fight for a long time, you get weary. Um, but they're tired too. Every person of color is tired in this country. Um, so I really relate to this as a person of color. I'm, of course, I'm not, uh, well, I guess some people wouldn't know, but I am not a black person, but I am Asian. Um, and explaining, having to explain every day to white people racism and injustice can be very tiring because you are expected to be emotionally ready, physically ready, and knowledgeable enough to educate someone on injustice and racism when you have different experiences from them, like you understand it from experience, whereas it's hard to explain that to someone and like to be, to explain Injustices that you faced as a person of color takes a lot of, like, vulnerability, and that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, and as a white person and hopefully a good ally to <laughs> fights against injustice, it's also to expect someone to explain to you their, the problems that they faced in the system is to deny the fact that you have, fa you have received benefits in that system. It's to act like you're both experiencing two totally different things when it's this two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, she uh, also made it very clear in her speech that whites who want justice need to need to change and get to work. Um, white supremacy that asks me to come and bear my heart to you, taking her energy to talk to whites about racism. We're still cleaning up your mess. We're done. I'm done. Um Butler says she's not willing to clean the latrines for whites anymore. Um, and all of this is very, very um, timely, I guess, um, as this election cycle is proving to be very polarizing in terms of race. Um, race, gender, yeah, more or less race, everything. Yeah. Um, and it can be very, very hard to explain to people systematic racism and oppression and like people sometimes will just refuse mm -hmm. to listen and the reason why it's so important for white allies and people who identify as white allies to um speak up and make change and organize themselves is because black people are tired and like people of color are tired of having to explain everything and having to be activists for themselves and push for themselves. And white bodies are less vulnerable in action 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're in a protest, like, white bodies are less vulnerable than black people. Stand um, at the edge of the crowd. Yeah. Um, and um, honestly, it sucks, but white people are less likely to listen to people of color sometimes. Yeah. And especially, like, white males will are, like, not even likely to listen to white females a lot of the times. So it's really important if you are in a position of privilege to speak up and be an activist and create dialogues and conversations with people to help them understand and to educate them instead of expecting people of color to do that for you. This kind of goes back to the idea of complicity. Yeah. Um, As a white person speaking to other white people, I will use the word we. Uh (laughs) We have the privilege of not having to face racism every day. And we still know that it happens. So if you know that something's happening and you're not doing anything about it, you are complicit in that action. You have a privilege to not have to deal with it, but a responsibility to do something about it. Yeah. That's what it means to be an ally. Yeah. And she relates her um, speech a lot back to religion, which is great Um, for some people. Some people, I mean, may not relate to that. I, I know I don't really, but... Honestly, any if you're not religious or religious or of any other different belief system, it's just common sense to help other people and to speak up for you know, like your fellow humans. Judo Judo Christian values generally yeah. just stand in for the idea of morality. Yeah, you can still be a good person. Yeah, please still be a good person. Yeah, um, I just think like. It's it's very hard for some white people to to grasp, I guess, that they have to be the ones to explain and to be activists because they're not the ones who are experiencing, mm-hmm. I guess, this oppression. And so they feel like it's not their place. But it's really important and to speak up for everyone else um especially if no one else is there yeah if you have like friends using the n-word and it's okay because a black person isn't there yeah it's still not okay yeah like just because a group isn't present doesn't mean that they're not still being disrespected yeah i think um and like talking about things that make you uncomfortable is really important and like make other people uncomfortable um you need to like everyone should embrace that uncomfortable feeling and really acknowledge it and think about why it makes you uncomfortable um like is it socialized in you and if you're uncomfortable with the idea or image of people of color suffering mm-hmm. think about the people that are actually suffering yeah and i remember i went to the deep impact um speaker um, event and it was two women who were involved in the Selma protests and they were so involved and they like skipped school to go and protest and they were just two amazing amazing women and um, they also said they're like we're tired we're done like we fought for this much but we're old and we can't continue this fight and we can support you but we can't be out there and like actively doing it and 
everyone else needs to talk about it. Everyone needs to talk about these problems and like convince other people to change their minds or else or else no progress is going to be made. Yeah. Um do you have anything else to say about this article, Paige? Uh, I recommend reading it because ultimately us talking about what Butler has to say isn't the same as seeing it. Yeah. She makes a lot of good points and... And, I mean, the article does a really good job of pointing out at the very beginning saying her lived reality as a black person is this. Mm-hmm. And us as two, well, Sid being a non-black person of color and mm-hmm. myself as a white woman, we can't say the same things that she's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all of the articles can be found on uh, facebook.com backslash dame theory. Uh, check them out. Check them out. If you want to, yep. If you want to give us a call, go ahead. That's uh, our number is 540 JMU dial. That's 540 So We're going to get into some promos right now before we get into the next segment. So let's see here. So the next article is a Title IX report on Mizzou fraternity that gave pledges drugs to incapacitate women. So the article is on Mike.com on their news page, and it's by Mary Solis. And it's just talking about the Delta Upsilon fraternity and University of Missouri, which if anyone remembers the name Mizzou from the past... (laughs) past year yeah from the hunger strike and the riots yeah this is not the first time they've come up and this time it's that active members of delta upsilon fraternity allegedly provided each new member with three pills and instructed them to drug women for the purpose of incapacitating them prior to engaging in sexual activity so premeditated rape yeah um and this is just like i honestly just can't even think about how how do people think that this is okay like how do you see these well i guess they must have been like okay well how many pills do we need to order what kind yeah, do we want like think of all the steps these people had to go through before, before making like, this decision yeah, and like no one was like is this a bad idea not not a single person but was you know like why, let's not do this you know why it's because like people like brock turner get off on yeah. this kind of stuff and they get off easy and then people are like oh it must be okay i can definitely do that and get away with it no problem and uh delta upsilon actually tweeted a response which has since been deleted mm-hmm. that is the definition of allegation <laughs> yeah they took a screenshot of like yeah. they like googled definition of allegation and then they and... <laughs> did the little frog emoji and some tea yeah so just the how how much they think they that nothing's gonna happen because of it yeah it's alleged yeah and and oh my gosh this like reporter just went in on them and he like he took a screenshot of their tweet and then tweeted it and said hashtag mizu delta upsilon allegedly in all caps tweeted this photo after allegations about hazing went public yesterday then allegedly erased this tweet (laughs) yeah because the definition of allegation is a claim or assertion that someone has done something illegal or wrong typically one made without proof so the Um, fact that these people think that there's no proof of what's against them yeah and the article continues to go on and say like but authorities have many reasons to believe that the allegations aren't entirely baseless yeah um in mid-september university police and ems personnel arrived 
or received an emergency call from a woman whose two friends suspected that she had been drugged. Uh, when they arrived at the scene, the woman was pantsless, drunk, and had smeared feces on the wall, according to the Tribune. Her friends told authorities she'd gone to Delta Upsilon for about an hour and a half. Um, so, obviously, not baseless. Well, I mean, <laughs> in the current climate of women's accusations being completely written off, it might as well be baseless. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, it sucks, but, like, everyone the reason, is, like... The reason these frat boys of Delta Upsilon Mizzou can pretend that these are just allegations and not someone actually giving them the words for what they did, which is premeditate rape, mm. um, is because they don't they don't think women have valuable voices. They yeah. don't think their victims actually matter. They wouldn't even call them victims. Yeah. Um, the Title IX coordinator for Mizzou actually um, said uh, that... Uh, drugging the woman was required as a part of the Delta Epsilon's initiation process. So that means it was a part of their hazing process. Like, I don't know if these guys wanted to, if these pledges wanted to do it. I mean, like, I'm sure not all of them thought it was a good idea. But, but that doesn't change the fact but that, that they doesn't, did it. Yeah, that doesn't change the fact that they did it. And, like, that doesn't change the fact that these guys who were making them do it we're making them do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, would you would you join a group if one of the very first things you had to do was disrespect a woman's right to her body? Yeah. Would you I just don't understand by what process you think that this is okay. And like seeing all this backlash against all these like rapists and being like, "Oh, this is a funny joke. This is a funny thing to do for hazing." I not even funny. It's like uh, your job as someone who is like under my power is to bring me women to sleep with. Yeah. Just that that mindset of woman as a commodity in, yeah. a, in a fraternity yeah. is so painful. And I just, I don't know how like people in, in frats can like, with frats being un coming under such fire lately, um, especially in the past few years, um, with like Will Ferrell, like you know, denouncing frats and like, even though he was in a frat saying like, he thinks, old school, yeah, quite the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, a bunch of other celebrities just like coming at frats and a bunch of just people in general, like coming at them saying, you know, that they're like, they don't understand why they're still organizations and go ahead and continue to do this kind of stuff. I yeah. Just, and you'd think there'd been enough people saying, hey, this is bad. Yeah. For at least just one of them yeah. in the process to say, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Just be like, hey, have we thought about this all the way? <laughs> I don't know. And it, I, I honestly. Do it. Did we have everyone's consent to do this? Yeah. Like... yeah. And honestly, like, in, in my opinion, like, what I've noticed from some frats and i mean honestly like a lot of them especially the ones that are in the news which honestly is not representative of the entire greek life frat community but um they foster such it's toxic yeah it, they foster such toxic masculinity mm -hmm. um that they have to do this thing or else they're not manly enough and if they're not manly enough then they're not worth anything and like being considered feminine is being considered as like other and terrible and mm -hmm. weak um 
which I guess is the worst thing to to be. But um, the minute you value masculinity as good, you make femininity into bad. Yeah, in this kind of mindset. Yeah, and um, I don't know if there's anything that like frats could do to change this kind of behavior or if it's just ingrained in the way that they do things um group therapy i mean yeah i I don't know very helpful thing yeah yeah i mean like honestly also like the um american male uh documentary short film not documentary short film that uh, MTV actually just put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Paige. Have you? I don't think so. Um, it was um, part of like a film contest that MTV held, and it was like a short film contest, and this one was the winner. And um, and uh, it basically was following this frat guy, and it was just like a bunch of like visuals and him narrating mm-hmm. everything that was happening. And um, in the beginning, he says like, "Oh, always order red meat. Never order chicken or tofu. Tofu's the gayest you can get." And he says like, "Always have beer. Never Got some wine." Got tofu in the fridge. Yeah, same. Got to be as gay as possible. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and um. You know, and he is, like, really, like, working out really hard. And towards the end, he's, like, they're doing some, like, pledge initiation thing where he's, like, like hitting these dudes with a paddle. Mm-hmm. And the dude, like, turns back and, like, pushes him. And then he gets really mad and, like, is about to, like, really hurt this other kid. But, like, at the end of this short film, one of the things that he says in the narration is, I'm no longer a human being. I'm a path of least resistance. And, like, that is just, like, that gives me, like, chills. Because that's so true. Like, these people... And, and, you know, like, we've talked about before in Dame Theory, like, um, fostering emotional honesty in men. And when we don't do that and we force them to become so rigid, Mm -hmm. um, we really are encouraging this toxic masculinity and we are um emotionally stoic physically active yeah and um it's almost sad because they are a path of least resistance at at sometimes like sometimes that may be like really genuinely how that person is Mm -hmm. but like most of the times it's just socialized and you are a path of least resistance so that you don't get made fun of and so that you don't get harassed or and it's so strange because you know, we as outsiders can say that this is harassment, but the fact of the matter is the people who take part are signing up. Yeah. They are actively trying to take part in this. A lot of mm-hmm. times they're putting money into taking part of this. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of makes the whole thing even that much more messed up. Yeah. Because we can't be like, you're you're being subjected to emotional abuse. Yeah. It's like I'm subjecting myself mm-hmm. to emotional abuse. Yeah. And like... Honestly, like, frats have come under such fire lately with lots of scandals. Like, last year alone, we had two scandals at JMU mm-hmm. with our own frats. And years before, I mean, that the Sarah Butters case. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was here as well, and that was national news. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, since just quietly walked away. Yeah, and I remember giving tours that summer and we had to have a meeting about how to address it if parents asked us about it. Mm-hmm. Um 
because it was such a big deal and like John Stewart talked about it on the Daily Show mm-hmm. and everything. So um with it being such a big deal and these cases and these scandals uh with frats getting so much publicity mm-hmm. and media attention, I don't understand how there's no change happening. Yeah. Like how these cases just keep coming up. Yeah. And how can we enact change with people who don't want to change themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's the big question here is these people think they're free from punishment. And well, in a lot of cases they do. I don't think maybe all of them, but a lot of cases they think that they can get away with this as clearly shown in Delta Upsilon's tweet. Allegations. <laughs> yeah. Um and I've honestly heard with um, someone I knew who was rushing that um, that frat that got suspended because of the Sarah Butters case mm-hmm. um, said that like when he was rushing, um, they told them that the whole thing was like a lie and that this girl was on spring break and she just like flashed them and they took a picture and then they got in trouble for it. But that's mm-hmm. not what happened at all. Yeah. And, like, they just, like, grossly, grossly... Um, the fact that they, like, any pledges could have just heard an upperclassman say mm-hmm. that and then not looked into it anymore. Yeah. You know, the fact that they don't feel like they have to. Yeah. Who cares what the people that we're trying to become best friends with have done in their past? Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of sad. And I hope something changes for the better, I honestly am not that optimistic about it. Not at the moment. Um, Yeah, but um, I think the big question is, are they going to change? Is the way Greek life is run going to change? Is just, are just frats going to change? Is there um, a way to create a solution to these mass scandals going on within fraternity life at multiple college campuses across the country and as like students at a campus that has suspended fraternities Mm -hmm. from being on campus Mm -hmm. like just how at what point is it just going to be like let's just get rid of greek life yeah at what point is that going to be the only solution yeah if you are in greek life maybe that should be incentive to change yeah i mean we got taken off the air for for fcc violations um, but I don't think we've ever, uh, you know, raped we've, anyone. We've never actually <laughs> violated someone's autonomy. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll see if anything changes. Um, personally, I'm not super optimistic, but if Greek life can make a change for the better, that's more power to them. Seriously. You know, um, but, uh, we're going to go. And and go ahead and, and do some weather right now. We just talked about uh, a Mizzou, the Mizzou, a Mizzou fraternity um, giving uh, pledges date rape drugs to incapacitate women. Uh, and right now, our final topic, we are going into Peter Thiel, who is uh, the CEO of PayPal, pledges $1.25 million to support Donald Trump. Um, this article is from Fortune, and it's written by David Z. Morris, uh, and it was on, written on October 16th. Um, so basically, PayPal's co-founder uh, is going to donate a bunch of money to Donald Trump's campaign 
Um, right now. Yeah. He hasn't already done this. He's doing this right now yeah. in the wake of the way the campaign is currently going. Yeah. 